Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. It is a lovely sunny Friday afternoon coming to you from Calgary, Alberta. How's it going, Eliza? It's going. I get to uh, get to hang out with you in your lovely office lofty space today. So that's a bonus for me because nice view, blue sky. Yeah, you know, okay. We don't, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into this because we're talking about, well, we're talking about sort of work situations today, but Dakota... Yes, I do want to get into okay. it. Okay. So Dakota's yeah. renting a house in Mission, Cliff Bungalow in, in Calgary. Yeah. And she lives on the main and she uses the, the upper level for an office space. Yes. But now we're discussing whether we want to, con- or she wants to continue with that. But for my selfish needs, because that matters, um, it is nice having a space, but I yeah. get it. So we'll get into that. But yes, I appreciate, I don't get to come over here as much as I like. So I, I do like coming over here. I'm not going to lie. Being up here with you today, I'm a little nostalgic. And I was up here before you got here and I was kind of like, oh, this is really, really cool though. The yeah. thing is, is like, I'm up here by myself most of the time. And like when there's not someone else here, it's kind of like, I think I need to, if I'm going to keep it, I need to do more to make it fun. It's a big, I mean, it's, it's an, up, it's an upper level house. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. obviously a hundred year old home, which is cool anyway, but like, this is where this would have been, I guess, the main master bedroom back in the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a big space with bathroom and kitchen and all that up here. So you have to sort of one, like, is this necessary for an office space? Do you need this? Cause that's probably, probably part of it, right? Is if you're up here by yourself all the time is like, is this really yeah. what I need? Well, and I have a girlfriend staying with me right now and it's been really quite nice to have her. And the main reason I took over the top of the house is because it's, it's old and it's really loud. So my primary reason for, for brainstorming this way to use the upstairs was so that I didn't have to deal with a rando living up here. Because after post-pandemic, my landlord was like, well, I'm going to rent it out again. Because I was lucky enough to have the upstairs totally vacant for almost two years. Yeah. So then I uh, took it over and it was great. But the thing is, is like, I don't have the capital to make, and I don't want to put a, put capital into a rental to make this into what I want it to look like. There's another bedroom that Alyssa and I could turn into a podcasting studio, yes. but it would take some serious cash. And then I'd be leaving eventually. Yeah. So yeah, the question on the docket really is, does maybe my friend take over the lease up here? Because we really love living together. And then if so, do Alyssa and I find a space together maybe in the new year? Yeah. And that's partly what we're going to talk about today is they sort of, this massive structural changes that we're seeing um, as, as people sort of come out of the pandemic fog a little bit and what is sort of happening that we're seeing in Calgary that I'm sure other people are seeing elsewhere in the world in terms of work. Yeah. So I think as a business owner, Alyssa and I both have learned what boom and bust means more than we ever have in the last three years. A lot of bust in the last three years. (laughs) Well, and opposite for me. So it's, it's funny the way life plays out. Like for the last two years, 
um, we were, I was totally overloaded. Whereas Alyssa like had to, was doing some serious, like working in her business. Now I feel like Alyssa's really busy and I'm busy and everything's cool. But like, what's interesting to me is I'm now experiencing that ebb and flow of some of my clients have hired in house and like anytime I go after something, it's like, oh, we're also considering in-house for the same role and paying someone more money. And it's an interesting trajectory because when the pandemic was happening, obviously there was a lot of firing and quitting and restructuring and all these things. And now it's like Calgary in particular is going back to the olden olden days. Yeah, it's funny. I think I ranted about this on, <clears throat> on a cast like months and months and months ago because I was sort of already seeing it from a communications perspective that this sort of um, old school uh, thought process was coming back into play as we um, were coming out of the um, pandemic. And it, now it's sort of, now you're seeing it in, in other areas too, like social and, and things like that. Like it was such a, I, yeah, I actually wrote a blog about it on my website. I was like, so like just ragey about it that businesses, like, I don't think businesses under really understand the true cost of hiring and firing staff. It is really expensive to hire staff in terms of the advertising for it, the onboarding, the benefits, the pensions, the RSP contributions, whatever it is, plus the salary, plus all of that. And through the pandemic, obviously everyone's working remotely and and that's still the case. Like they're still hiring people as in-house people that are working remotely from home. So you're just like, what is the point of any of this? And I don't think people are, I I don't think people are truly sitting back and, and assessing what's really necessary. And I think they immediately, businesses immediately jump to the fact that, oh, this, we need full-time people and we need 35 hours a week. And and we all know, I'm sorry, but as former full-time employees that we, because we obviously used to work for people, um, we were never busy no. 35 hours a week as a full-time no. staffer ever. Um, or I, we were being totally overloaded. Overloaded. Yeah. There's never any, but it's like, nobody can say no full-time staffer can, uh, white collar staffer. I'm going to say, I'm not going to talk about like blue collar workers who are driving um, garbage trucks and stuff, but white collar workers, there's not a single one of them that can say that they are balls to the wall, busy 35 hours a week, every week of every year. And so I think this whole notion of like, oh my God, we need full-time people. It's like, yeah, you might need full-time hours for some specific projects, but generally, especially for things that we do, you can get that done in 10 to 12 hours a week. Yeah, absolutely. And when you hire a contractor or a firm, if you have the money, just because they tend to be more expensive, um, you're hiring, you know, anywhere from 10 to 25 to 35 years of experience. Generally, you're hiring a loftier team. You're not just hiring one person all of the time. Um, and you're hiring somebody that has has their craft down to a science to the point that it will be inherently more efficient. And they're going to come to the table with, like they're going to be able to hit the ground running because that's their job. And they're going to be able to come to the table with really great ways to streamline things. So yeah. And, and like, 
even my highest retainer isn't as much as some of the jobs I've been seeing are being posted for. No, it's so totally true. In fact, <clears throat> I had a conversation um, during the um, like twenty end of twenty twenty, like when things were really really. Uh, still locked down and, and and still slow for many people. I was actually having a conversation uh, with a business owner about this because they, I had emailed them, just cold emailed them because I had seen that they posted for a like a marketing communications manager or, but the marketing communications manager manager title was a little misleading because it was like they clearly wanted somebody a little more junior, and so I just emailed them and I was like, hey, this is what I do, blah blah blah, and I see that the salary range that you're offering for this manager position yeah. is like 45 to 50 K a year. No, yeah. that is not a manager salary. I mean, I didn't say that, but let's call a spade a spade. It is not. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I have 20 years of Marcom experience. You pay me 50 grand a year. I will get three times as much done for you in half the time. Totally. Like, and with your, and with other, with like many resources. Right. Needed. So it's like, that lack of understanding is it's like for 45, 50 K you're going to get, you're, you're only going to be able to get a junior person because no actual manner, like no. manager is going to work for that. No. And the, the, the learning curve of that's going to be massive yeah. and you're paying for full-time hours. And it's like, no, I can produce three times what that person would Absolutely. half the time. And you're paying me the same. So it's like, yeah, there's still, I think a lack of, true understanding of what a consultant or bringing on somebody from the outside does. And again, we're not talking about firms or agencies because that's a different conversation, Yeah. but independent consultants to be able to bring on one of us with our expertise and our knowledge and our network of people that work for yeah. work with us yeah. for less than you would be paying an yeah. internal staffer because there's no benefits there's no holidays there's no rsps plus you're paying us less or equal to salary Mm -hmm. but you're getting more work out of it i think there needs to be something in place to educate yes businesses about this and i just don't even know what that is yet but i wonder if there's an opportunity here to do some sort of one-on-one, one-on-one kind of training or not even training, but like education, education, seminars. It'd be an interesting discussion because I, I, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't know how many business owners want to hear any of this mm-hmm. um, yeah. because it, 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 it it would, it, I think it would lead to them getting defensive because they would feel that we're telling them that they're stupid or dumb for this route, whereas that's not it at all. I think there's just a lack of information and a lack of understanding of your your operational costs to right. these things. Um, and yeah, I think there could be some some educational component, and especially from the small to mid-sized level business. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you're a corporation or you have like more than 50 or 100 staff, you're probably going to need an in-house team of people. But if you're a small business of less than 20 staff, yeah. or especially if you're less than 10 staff, like there is no reason no. to have in-house Marcom people at all. Totally. I think, um, I think too... Like 
oh, there's, there's an onus on us as consultants to possibly look at how we approach our hours and figure out a way to honor our scope and our hours, but also do it in a way that makes us maybe a little more accessible. Because I think the biggest argument we would get back if we ever put this forward to somebody who is making that decision is, well, consultants aren't as available as an employee and I need somebody here on like available to me 35 hours a week. So I could see that argument being a thing. And I think there is a threshold where it becomes more reasonable to hire in-house based off of your needs, even if you're not going to utilize those 35 hours a week, but you just have that comfort and peace of mind that somebody's there to do stuff for you when you ask for it. I think that's fair, but I wonder, you know, I think here's, yeah, I totally get that. And I think there's a way to have a, a happy medium, so to speak into that, because your 30, your in-house 35 hour a week people, um, are the doers. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones that are getting things done. They're the ones that are like doing things last minute, blah, blah, blah. But and it, you need to have doers, but who is directing the doers? So this is where you'd have a consultant come in and create the strategy, the implementation plan, like how things are going to go. And then your doers can do it on a right. day-to-day basis. Because I think that's always the missing key. And I find working with, with businesses too, is that there's no strategy to anything because most of their in-house staff, if they have them or if they have one internal person who's probably quite junior, um, they're too busy just trying to keep their head above water with like what's coming at them on a day-to-day basis. There's no, yeah, there's no 360,000 foot or whatever foot view of their organization because they're just dealing with whatever's coming at them in the moment. And so there is a place, like even if you have a internal person to invite an external voice around the table to look at your business from an outside perspective and help direct those internal people. Mm -hmm. And I've done that many times where I've come in and kind of acted as the consultant um, while also pulling the slack off of staff when they're feeling overwhelmed. So yeah, I agree that there is that happy medium for sure. But I I do want to point out that I think, I know for myself, sometimes I can be too accessible and sometimes I can be not accessible enough. So kind of figuring out that happy medium, if you're a contractor right now who's experiencing this and you're kind of getting anxious over it, maybe looking at how you're operating your own business and asking your clients like, well, if you were to consider me, like let's say a client is hiring someone in-house, like, okay, well, if you were to come back and consider me and we were to negotiate this, like what are some things that I can do to be more accessible for you? Um, and then of course, it, just making sure you're you're honoring your boundaries. And if they come back and say, well, I need you like available 35 hours a week, well, that's probably not reasonable. I would also note too, that if you are an internal person, an internal Marcom person, and you're listening to this right now and you're just like, holy shit, I work too much and there's too much blah, blah, blah. Um, You also have to have boundaries. Yes. And that you as an employee are not accessible all the time. No. Ever. And I think that's something that we need to get back to too. I think there's um, 
through through COVID, I think people have realized that their work their work life balance means more than um, giving their heart and soul to a to a company that probably like let's be honest doesn't care that much. I mean, when push comes to shove. And so, yeah, if you're listening to this from the employee side, yeah, you are not accessible 24-7 at all, ever. No. No, and nobody really should be. Um, The only times I make myself accessible outside of office hours these days is when I need to get something done for my own peace of mind or something needs to be answered or a phone call needs to be had or I'm just getting something off my plate to keep my head above water. But other than that, you know, you have to have those boundaries um, no matter what. Like you should not be working 24 friggin' seven for anybody. I will say what I've noticed that Dakota's done on her emails, and this is could be a lesson for a lot of people, is that when you send Dakota an email, you get an out of office response stating that emails are monitored, what, nine to four or something, Monday to Friday. That, yeah. And uh, anything outside of that will be answered the next day. Or if it's like an emergency, you can text. But I'm like, brilliant. Because even even if I'm emailing you at 10 o'clock in the morning, I know that they're being monitored. I know you'll see it. But that doesn't mean that you're going to email me back in 10 minutes. Exactly. Yesterday, I accidentally got super bogged down, as I do every now and again in my emails. And I had such a great day planned out for all this stuff I was going to get done. I had this checklist. I knew how much time each thing was going to take. And I had a lot of that time for myself in addition to taking a break, making myself a nourishing lunch, all the things, right? Um, And what did I do? I got bogged down in my emails and I ended up getting pulled away like eight times. And then it was two o'clock and I hadn't done anything on my checklist. So that's what happens. And and the the rate at which we get pulled away from our work on a daily basis, they say is actually about four hours of our day. So for half our day, we're getting distracted and pulled away, which is why, which leads me into my next point in terms of everything we're talking about. Something really interesting to look into if you find that you're having a really rough time um, setting boundaries, getting lost in your emails, getting lost in communication and not being able to focus is something called flow state. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it heard of this. So flow state is when we get into a workflow that we are so focused that we can't, like our attention cannot be pulled away, but it takes up to 15 to 20 minutes to get into flow state with the way your brain works. If you have ADHD, it takes longer. If you have ADD, it takes longer. And I want to say a large number of the population has ADHD or ADD. Totally. And, And most of it's undiagnosed. Absolutely. So what I recommend, this is a really easy trial um, and possibly fix for anybody who's experiencing this. If you have an office space where you're working in an office with other people and you're an employee, I would recommend making a sign, putting it on your door. And when your door is closed and that sign is up, that sign says something along the lines of, I am in a I'm in my workflow right now. Do not knock. Do not bother me. Put your phone on silent, put your cell phone in your desk. Um, and literally close your email. If you need to access your email for emails to do your job, recommend turning off the the ability for your email to send you notifications. Um, And don't feel bad about it. And set two times during the day that you're checking your email and responding because otherwise you're going to look at your email and you're just going to get lost. Um, If you're somebody like me who has severe anxiety around getting shit done and you see a call come through and you're like, oh my God, I have to deal with it now. You've got to train yourself yeah. to deal with it later and realize it is not a life and death situation to not answer that phone call. 
because you will constantly get pulled out of flow if you don't work in that way. That's really interesting. I've never heard it called flow state before. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a big proponent of that too. And I'm a big proponent of time blocking your day where mm-hmm. uh, maybe from 8.30 to 9, first thing you check and return emails. But from 9 to 11, you're working on project A. And then 11 to 11.15, you take a break or whatever. But like, yeah. and there's also this, and I forget what it's called, but there's also another theory or another way to work where it's everything's in 20 minute increments. So you work for 20. It's kind of like when you're, when you take those learn to run a 5k class and it's like, like run for one, walk for one, and then you get to 10, run for 10, walk for one. It's sort of the same thing where everything's in 20 minute blocks and that you, you, you work straight for 20 minutes or maybe it's 30 minutes. I don't know, whatever it is. And then it's break and then it's 30 minutes. And that way you're not um, feeling that you're getting sucked into whatever, that everything is sort of in smaller breaks in your day. And sometimes that works well for ADHD people as well, so that they're not, they're sort of constantly stimulated in that way. But yeah, the, the emails and what I get, what I, what is getting, here's my rant of the day is that I have two clients right now that required me to have outlook emails for So I have an Outlook email that's attached to their thing. Not that I use it, but God almighty. So both of the, both of these clients felt that I needed a, cause they use teams or whatever that I needed a, an email out their email to act, to be able to accept teams meetings, which you don't. No, you still move the app. But they both, gave me or wanted me to access um, their SharePoint file, their, their like network files, Yeah, which again, there's a fine, like consultants really shouldn't have access to any of that. But I'm just like, for the love of God, people, I, I'm a consultant. I have a, I have a business email that you email me to. I cannot on God's green earth, check this think that you can like every client can like give me an email and I now have to go check it and a calendar like that is absolute no bollocks no and stop it because now it's like did you say no I did well what I did is they both exist both of these email addresses exist I just on them I just have an out of office that says email me at this address (laughs) because this is not this inbox is not monitored or you could find, you could ask their IT team to forward them to your email. Because like, honestly, and no one uses, like internally, no one sends emails to them. No. You know, the other day, a good pal of mine who I've worked with for a very long time asked me to get on their Slack. And I had sent her a text saying, girl, I love you, but no. Oh, Slack is another. I mean, like, okay, I get it. I'm I, like, I know it's easier for you, but like, this is the communication method that my company utilizes. I cannot. I think I sent a, I sent out a tweet um, a few months ago about this and how I was sitting at my desk and I'm, I heard a bing. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, is that, is that a Slack message? Is that a G chat message? Is that an email? Is that a, th-? I have no idea. Yeah. I guess if they really want me, they can text me. Cause I'm like, whatever. I don't know where the dinging is coming from. <laughs> Where the dinging is going. Like, stop with all of the like rant, like all of these platforms to like, yeah. no. 
So this this leads me to kind of like my last thing that I really wanted to address today. Um, something that I've been looking into really carefully and deeply because I think it's really important. And I've seen a few fellow consultants adopt this. Um, uh, I don't know this like way of working, and it's called um, building a community of care within mm-hmm. your your business. So whether it's just you or you have a team um, or you it's you and a bunch of clients, you have to build um, in order to have optimal mental wellness at work, building a community of care is crucial. And what that means is things like putting deadlines on projects and services. So for me, two of the biggest things that I do is I write a lot of content. I write really large content calendars, whether it's on a monthly or one-off basis. Um, I do a lot of strategy work and I do sometimes a lot of presentations and like speaking opportunities. So giving yourself deadlines and timelines that don't stress you out. So if you have a team or it's for yourself, you say, okay, no matter what happens, the rule is that we have projects done two days before they're due so that we're not scrambling. And if we get into a place where we are scrambling, we have to sit down and figure that out. Because we've all done it. We've all waited till the last minute to do something. And it it is horrific. It wreaks havoc on our nervous systems. So how can we create a community of care around rules like um, all projects have to be done two days prior and they have to have three eyes on them so that there are no mistakes, no spelling errors, and everybody's fact-checked things. The other thing that I've adopted with, within my own business is in order to have my own back. Um, and this is something I learned from a fellow consultant who I really look up to. I do outlines for everything now. So before I finish a project for a client, whether it's a strategy or a content calendar, they get an outline and it might be, it might seem like double the work, but it's really not. It's me getting my thoughts down on paper. It's them approving it. And then it's me diving into the bigger work. And then I build that into my pricing now. And that helps me to make sure that I don't, I'm not feeling like I'm having to read my clients' minds, right? Because oftentimes they'll just give you all these ideas. They'll dump everything on you. And then you're like, holy crap. Okay. Here are all of my ideas. And then you put together the strategy and like, sometimes they're like, oh no, you missed the mark. So you just never want to put yourself in a situation where you're missing the mark. And then the final piece is if I like if I had a big team right now, I would be forcing them to take breaks, go outside, um, eat lunch. I had a consultant once that worked with me. And you know, like I let people obviously march to the beat of their own drum. I'm not trying to control anybody, but she like literally didn't eat lunch. And she's like, no, I just prefer to work eight hours straight. And frankly, like Oh, that's super no, unhealthy. No, no, just no. And like I I'm at a point in my life where I have to work with and surround myself with people who have the same values as me. Otherwise, like it's just not a fit. And yeah, so just making sure that within that community of care, you know, like you're okay, every Friday we're, we're done at three and we do something fun together. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, just um, building that community of care, I think will really help whether you're solo or you have a team because it helps you look after yourself and the people that you work with. Even if you're working with subcontractors, I think it's really important. Yeah, I think I totally agree because I mean, I think we've all run into this when you first start your business and you just go, go because you just don't know how to manage your time and you don't know when the next client 
is going to come on board and you're just always sort of chasing the, the, the dollars. The one thing I've learned, and I think I've mentioned this on, on pods in the past, is that I schedule my time in my calendar as though it was a meeting. Yeah. So whether it's the gym or a yoga class or hair appointment or whatever, it's scheduled in my calendar like like a meeting. Yeah. And therefore no one gets to override that. So I will book meetings during mm-hmm. that time because it's mine. Whereas if you don't, those things easily get overrid by by um, by, meetings. by by meetings and and, and yeah. work. The other thing is I don't and Dakota knows this well. I don't book meetings before ten o'clock ever, mm-hmm. um, especially back in the days when I, we had to like drive places or go to meetings. I would never book anything before ten o'clock, um, because again, that's my time. I like to be able to get up in the morning, be able to yeah. do my work, um, my business stuff before my client day starts. And I don't work Fridays. Now, if I work Fridays, it's for myself or for like Dakota was saying earlier, things that I want to do to get ahead or for my own purpose, but I don't book meetings on Fridays. I don't book specific client work Fridays. That's my time. And because if you think about it, we are all working for ourselves for our own reasons, right? I mean, whether it's the flexibility, the travel, so my schedule is mine and I've created it that way. Mm -hmm. And Therefore, it's up to me to make sure that it is not infringed upon. But I work smarter, not harder. I mean, I didn't want to work for myself to work yeah. five days a week and 60-hour weeks. I mean, that's not the purpose of working for yourself, in my mind anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's up to me to manage that and be yeah. strict about it and strict about boundaries. So if, if a client meet, wants to meet on a Friday, it's like, well, if you want to meet for like Prosecco on the patio at three o'clock. Great. But other than that, no. Yeah. And nothing that you have on the go is an emergent matter that I need to deal with on Friday. No. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm the same. And I mean, I actually have a meeting today at one 30, but it's with a longtime client and well, she's super crazy fun. So that's she not... is. Yeah. And we're, we're shooting videos. So it's, I'm like, okay, this is a great way to end the meeting. Plus, um, yeah, that's a whole, anyway, but yes, I agree. Fridays definitely for you. Mondays I also find are really good for like just getting organized for the week. So I tend to book my meetings Tuesdays and Thursdays if I can. And unless it's like an emergency situation where like I had to bail on something and I'm rebooking or it's like, we really need to meet with you. Then I try not to do meetings. Agreed. Yeah. And I find too, and I mean, this can be, this will be my last thought of the day, but I do find that people want too many meetings. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, just let me go do my work. Um, but I think if that's a, that's an office thing. I think for people who work in offices and work for companies, for them, it's a freedom kind of thing that they get to go to a meeting, but there is way, way too many meetings. And I do not need to be at them all, like at them either as a consultant. I do not need to be invited to your staff mixer and I do not want yeah. to go and all of those sorts of things. It's like, no, I'm not a member of your group. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I will do calls with clients to clear something up really quickly um, because it's easier than a thousand emails back and forth. And I have one client where like, we just always do calls. And like, frankly, I probably go over my hours, but it helps me stay sane. So it's not the end of the world. 
world. But yeah, I agree. Like all these like random friggin' meetings. And I've had to put my foot down this year a few times too, to be like, yo, like, <laughs> no, no, no. We're like, you can talk to me in a month at our next meeting. Right. Yeah. Or send me an email yeah. or a text if it's super. Or we can have a quick 15 minute Ugh. call, but I'm not coming to like no. meet you. Yeah. Anyway. Well guys, we hope that that was uh, kind of helpful and definitely some stuff that we're going through right now. So we will see you next time. And thank you again for joining us on Ladies Who Launch. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 